the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. And welcome into the program. It is Panhandle Sports Live for this 15th day of November in the year 2022. I'm Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone alongside. Jordan Nicewarner will be along shortly as it'll be another edition, a live edition of Panhandle, uh, Panhandle Live uh, from Capen State Park coming up at the top of the hour. But we'll check in with Jordan uh, and get the preview of that as well. But like I said, Luke and Parker here in the meantime. And obviously, very lighthearted show here on Panhandle Sports Live. And we plan it to be over the next hour. Uh, but our hearts are heavy, of course, Parker, for the situation in UVA. I know that happened uh, basically in your neighborhood or your backyard. Uh, and our thoughts and prayers, of course, with that situation down there. Yeah, that was a very difficult situation to see. Well, it, it started breaking late Sunday night and into Monday morning is what happened. So they, what the details we have now, three Virginia football players were sadly killed in this shooting. And another one is injured and currently still in the hospital. And it's it's just, it hits you at home. Like, these guys just played Saturday and their lives are taken from them Sunday night. The the perpetrator was a former UVA football player. He was listed on their roster as a running back in 2018. He is he's charged with three counts of second degree murder. He's being arraigned today, and it's it's just sad. It's just that no college athlete should be put in a position to where they should be fearing for their life, and it's just it's just really sad. And it hit close to home because my best friend growing up, he's a UVA alum. He graduated from there. His sister is in grad school at UVA right now. That if in the wrong spot, that easily could have been one of them. And it's just, it's just really sad that we have to talk about this this morning. And uh, just all, all the best thoughts out to the community at Charlottesville, that UVA football program. It's going to be a tough rest of that season and a tough run for that program. They canceled their basketball game yesterday because of the events that happened. And it's just, it's just really tough to talk about. So the the victims were junior wide receiver Lavelle Davis. Uh, junior wide receiver Devin Chandler and junior defensive end Deshaun Perry were the three who were tragically killed in this event. So the thoughts of those families, the thoughts of the Charlottesville community, and we we hope just the best for them in this situation. Well, we got a busy show today, and I agree with everything that you just said. We've got a lot of audio to get through today. We'll hear from Tyson Bajant coming up later in the program uh, and from Craig Hunter, head coach at Jefferson, pulling off the only upset uh, in Class AAA. But before we get to that, I want to circle back to the news that broke, coincidentally, right after we ended our show yesterday. Uh, but we were able to talk about it a little on Panhandle Sports, or rather Panhandle Live, excuse me. Uh, and that was West Virginia uh, parting ways with Athletic Director Shane Lyons. Now, officially, it's a resignation. Obviously, it was made clear that President Gee wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, then Shane Lyons, West Virginia University, offered him a chance to become a vice president of a different area, but he declined, uh, and he will no longer be the athletic director at WVU. Um, the new 
athletic director uh, will be named in the coming days. They've got to fill in in the meantime. And Rob Alsop, who looked pretty good yesterday in the press conference in terms of riding the ship. Uh, but just some some of your takeaways, uh, Parker, from Shane Lyons stepping down, what this means for the university as a whole. Well, the statement was put out and they said Neil Brown is not tied to Shane Lyons. I don't know how much stock I'm going to buy in that. Usually that's the, not the case. Usually your AD is tied to your head coach and vice versa. But I think personally, uh, President Gee said Neil Brown is expected to finish the rest of the season, which at this point, I I think he's earned that right to finish the rest of the season. But after that, it's it's up in the air. This athletic director can come in and he wants his guy. I think that's usually the case. And if I'm Neil Brown, and I'm pretty sure Brad Howe said this on TalkLine yesterday, I'm a little bit sweating in my boots if I'm Neil Brown on this one because this is the guy that hired you in. This is the guy that gave you the contract extension. Now he's gone from the program. I'm I'm worried if I'm Neil Brown, and I that just shot my confidence up in saying Neil Brown probably won't be the coach of the Mountaineers come 2023. It's just this athletic director who's going to come in is probably going to want to bring in his guy to lead his program, and I find it very hard to for it to be Neil Brown because I believe his overall record in four years is 21 and 24, if I'm correct. So it's just the results aren't there for Brown, and if this new athletic director comes in, he's going to want his guy. It's it's the same way as if an NFL team hires a new general manager or a new head of their programming. They they want their quarterback, and they'll go get their quarterback depending on who was in there, and the other guy is just, well, sorry. That's that's how it works, and I just find it very hard for Neil Brown to be the coach to come next year, especially now. Well, a couple of things to touch on Shane Lyons, and we'll move on to our next topic of discussion that I wanted to bring up. I think you can acknowledge the good that Shane Lyons did at WVU and oh, yeah. also acknowledge the bad. Uh, you think about some of the slam dunk hires that he had. Rex Sunahara gets the volleyball team to their first ever NCAA tournament. Dan Stratford, a phenomenal hire in men's soccer, gets them to the Elite Eight last season. Uh, you talk about the facilities upgrades, resurrecting the tennis program, bringing in the golf program. Uh, you know, the new practice facility he had a lot to do with with basketball, uh, the new upgrades to the stadium for football, um, and all the things like that. Don Plitzelwhite was one of his final hires from women's basketball. I think that was a very good hire, but obviously only time will tell. Um, and you also can't envy an athletic director that was an athletic director during COVID and an athletic director that was an athletic director during the beginning of NIL. Because, you know, as we've said many times, Morgantown is not Austin. Morgantown is not Lawrence. You know, Morgantown's not St. John's in New York City. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that he did well. But at the end of the day, he tethered himself to a coach that's been unsuccessful and a football product that creates 75% of your revenue, well, probably more than that. Um, you know, basketball and football have both kind of been down. Bob Huggins is unfireable, and hopefully he turns that program around. They play tonight. They look very good through their first two games. Uh, but that contract extension to Neil Brown, I think, was the final nail in Shane Lyons' coffin. But he's got a very good resume, and from what I understand, was beloved. That's oh, another thing we heard on Hoppy Show uh, by the NCAA and what he was able to do in the selection committee and all the committees that he was on away from the university. So he's will land on his feet. The Parkersburg native, uh, we thank him for his service, but we got to get somebody in here. Uh, or, it was uh, Brad that said it yesterday. Uh, Rob Mullins, of course, a Morgantown native, went to University High School, is now the athletic director at Oregon. I would make him the highest paid athletic director in sports because I think he would be the perfect guy for the job, and I hope that's the direction that they go. But that's Shane Lyons. More of that will come up on Metro News Talk Line today, um, and you can find more coverage at the Metro News website. Uh, well, one thing that we weren't able to get to much of yesterday were these first-team all-EPAC selections. 
uh, high school football on the panhandle. You can find this complete list in the Martinsburg Journal. Of course, we always invite you to pick up a copy of the Martinsburg Journal. I'll just go ahead and read them off. We have a couple of minutes here. We'll get our reactions to who we think were snubs, things like that. It's obviously easy to throw stones because there's so many players that are good enough to make this list. Uh, and we'll get to Craig Hunter's reaction coming up a little bit later on as to some of his players that made this list. But for first team on offense, the quarterback is Martinsburg's Ezra Bajant, Evan Toole, and Murphy Clement. Evan Toole of Jefferson and Martinsburg's Murphy Clement are the running backs, the receivers, from Jefferson or Spencer Powell, Isaiah Fritz, Jameer Hunter of Martinsburg, Ray Adamas of Musselman. So, so far, so good, I think. Uh, I, I think those are all the right players to make it on that list. Uh, in terms of offensive line, the tackles are Dennis Pike and E.J. Hendricks. Pike from Musselman, E.J. Hendricks of Martinsburg. I don't have much of a disagreement there. Uh, Rashad Reed is the guard with Xavier Pollard of Musselman. Reed, of course, of Martinsburg. Reed, for my money, is the best offensive and defensive lineman. He's represented by both. Uh, and the center is Peyton Kaufman of Martinsburg. A couple of names for Washington maybe jump onto this list for me. You know, the Faircloths, maybe I'd give some love on this team. Uh, but then the utility players, deservedly so, are Baden Hartman and Jackson Ruest, both quarterbacks, Hartman of Musselman, Ruest of Hedgesville. So I'll, I will say, I think on offense, this is a pretty solid list, Parker. Yeah, I would say so, too. The uh, MVPs for the season, your offensive player of the year was Ezra Bajan. Your defensive player of the year was Rashad Reed. I think both those were warranted. Bajan looked fantastic this year, really stepping up and solidifying himself as Martinsburg's quarterback. And Rashad Reed, you could argue, Reed's the best overall player in the Eastern Panhandle right now. He's dominant. He's he's a force at the line of scrimmage. And we're fully expecting Rashad Reed to play strong Power 5 football somewhere when it's all said and done in his Martinsburg career. Receivers, we've talked at length about how Jefferson might have the best group of wide receiver core in the state of West Virginia. Evan Toole gets in there as well, speaks to the weapons that the Cougars have. Ray Adamas, a wonderful ad for Musselman. He's been fantastic. Baden Hartman as well. Ruess in there as well. Both those quarterbacks having great seasons. And I, I think the offense overall, they, they got it just about as close to right as you can get, I think. Sure, absolutely. Looking on the defensive side of the ball, by the way, uh, you're more than welcome to text us with your reactions. 304-263-4321 is the text line. The defensive side of the ball, uh, Reed makes it again at defensive tackle. Like you said, he was defensive MVP. Caleb Conley of Musselman. I like Caleb Conley a lot, don't get me wrong, but I really think this should have been James Carmichael's spot and his teammate. Aiden Fleming and Troy Wollaston. Uh, are both guys that are off the edge. We talked extensively yesterday about the Gavin Jones snub, and I understand Aiden Fleming's a very good player, but if it were me, I think I'd lean more Jones and Williston, even though Williston missed the last couple of games. Linebacker, Jamie Harden and Cam Shallis of Martinsburg. Not much of a disagreement there. Nolan Melive of Jefferson and Kobe Moneypenny of Musselman. And I said that I felt that Stotler was a snub from the first team uh, in this linebacker core, but it's hard. I mean, Shallis has been a part of that program for forever. Jimmy Harden's been one of their better linebackers there in Martinsburg. Melive is the leading tackler for Jefferson. Money Penny the same for Musselman. That's a tough list to crack. I would argue that that might be the deepest position uh, that we have uh, on the defensive side of the ball in the EPAC. And then the defensive back, Xavier Kirk of Hedgesville. Keyshawn Robinson makes his appearance here um, of Jefferson. Jameer Hunter makes it again for Martinsburg. He wasn't even supposed to play defense this year. He had, just because of injuries, he got forced into that position. Uh, Hunter's also the returner for this team. Declan Hall, the punter, and the kicker, Brent Terwilliger. So we talked about Jones. I think he's the biggest snub for everybody on the defensive side of the ball. I'd throw a little Stotler love into that mix as well. Um, but other than that, again, I think it's a pretty solid list. 
Also want to throw some shout-outs to some guys in the second team. A guy who caught a lightning bolt last game, Dylan Harrich for yeah. Jefferson. He had a fantastic outing against Spring Valley. He's the second-team quarterback. Some other guys, Zion Grantham from Martinsburg, has been having a good season. Roger Delgado from Washington has been really their standout in a program that hasn't had the best overall season in their, in their look at about things. Uh, the Hedgesville wide receivers, that duo gets second team, Tanner Matthew and DeMonte Morton. And I, from what I saw in Hedgesville, I am really liking the future for DeMonte Morton. I think he's a fantastic athlete. I think he's going to grow, and I think you could see him on the first team list come next year. But the Faircloths get into the second team as well. Max Anderson gets in as a utility for the second team. Some other notables we got here. Quentin Goins, who we thought may have been Jefferson's quarterback. He lands on the second team defensive end list. And Eli Faircloth gets in at defensive tackle second team as well. So definitely a lot of great the talent in the Eastern Panhandle. We've talked at lengths and lengths about it. It's fantastic. The fact that we can say, well, this guy should have got in. This guy should have gotten in. But I'll say this, and I mentioned this at, towards the end of our show yesterday. The fact Gavin Jones didn't even crack a second team, I think, yeah. is a little ridiculous. I I don't understand. I get why maybe not a first team. That's a tough list to crack with all those edges. You got Wollston, you've got Fleming in there as well. I could understand maybe not a first team and not even a second team. I I, I don't know about that one. That's he he's good enough to at least make a second team in my eyes. Uh, by the way, Jonathan Brewster was the name I was trying to remember from Washington. He makes it on the second team. Also, their punter, uh, Kojo, they call him Isaiah Sofa-Mensa. was fantastic to watch this year at that position. Uh, and also cool to see Shelton get some love. And Alex Gags from Musselman mentioned Nicer Jacobs as well. Uh, a pretty well-put-together list, save, I think, the egregious misrepresentation of Gavin Jones and the Spring Mills Cardinals. Uh, but I think that's pretty much it for that list. One more thing to touch on, uh, a day short and a dollar late, our Panhandle Game of the Week. Uh, we can officially unveil our Game of the Week or Game of the Weeks. Would you like to do the honors? I can, yeah. So it'll be uh, a special edition of our Game of the Week. Friday is going to be number 8 Mossman traveling to number 1 Parkersburg South, and it's going to be the father-son duo yes, on the sir. call on that one. It's going to be Luke and Kyle Wiggs of Metro News is going to be joining Luke for the call on that one. You can hear that one at 7.30 Friday night here on the Panhandle News Network. And then Saturday, we're going to bring you another game. It's going to be Luke on that one. He's going to be covering the Cougars of Jefferson as they go and battle number 2 Huntington. That's going to be at 1.00. Is that correct? One thirty. One thirty here on the Panhandle News Network on Saturday. So Friday night, seven thirty. Saturday afternoon, one thirty. Musselman, Parkersburg, South Jefferson, Huntington. Your slate for this weekend here on the Panhandle News Network. There you go. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, Tyson Bajent met with Metro News's Hoppy Kirchival yesterday. We'll listen back to some of that interview as you're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths on WEPM and WCST. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back into Panhandle Sports Live. Brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths has delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home and community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Our talented design team can bring to life any concepts you'd like to create. Check out MountaineerKitchensAndBaths.com and on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone alongside. We'll be checking in with Jordan Icewarren a little bit later on from Cacapin State Park where West Virginia State Legislator is meeting. That will be a topic of discussion later on today along with the Shane Lyons situation on Metro News Talk Line. But a topic of discussion yesterday was Shepherd Football. And Shepard quarterback Tyson Bajent made an appearance on the program, and here's his interview with the great Hoppy Kirchival. Good morning, Tyson. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well. Came up a little bit short Saturday, huh? Uh, yes, sir. You know, unfortunate 
series of events took place on Saturday. Uh, you know, two good teams playing. You know, you can't make mistakes in games like that, and um, I think everybody's ready to roll to Saturday. Well, on that, uh, that was the first and only loss of the season for you all, so you're not used to that. Where's everybody's head at, and how do you regroup to start uh, postseason play Saturday? Uh, I think everybody's just eager to eager for the next day, every day, so we can get this taste that we have out of our mouth. I think everybody's focused, um, and everybody understands that, you know, when you're competing for a conference championship, you know, things like that can take place. Um, but, you know, and really it's just, you know, if we don't lock in, if we don't regroup, the only, the only thing that can happen is, you know, for the season to come to an end, which nobody wants. So I think everybody's locked in and uh, excited for this week. Uh, Tyson Bajan is with us, and he will lead Shepard against New Haven Saturday at 1 o'clock. Nice to have a home game, won't it? Won't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you can play at Rams Stadium, uh, it's a good week. It's a good day. Uh, I think everybody's excited to be back at home, especially with it being playoff time. Um, Shepard sounds usually pretty exciting, you know, come, come, you know, when you get into the playoffs. Uh, so I think everybody's happy to be at home. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful stadium, and you all get pretty good, pretty good crowds there. Also, uh, you got word about a week or two ago that you're invited to the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl. Did you expect that? What was your reaction to that? Uh, you know, it was something that was you know on the table for me. You know, whether it was going to happen or not, you know, was just really up to you know my play throughout the season. Um, you know, thankfully enough, they they did select me. They did invite me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to be able to, you know, prove myself and, you know, show what I have to offer against, you know, some of the best in the country. So I think it's an exciting thing that, you know, I've been working, working towards and working for, and I'll be ready to, I'll be ready to go. Tyson Bajan is with his uh, Shepherd University quarterback. You have had to deal with a lot of distractions. There's media, there's countless interviews like this, there's postseason, there's conference championship, there's a senior bowl appearance. Um, a lot of demands on your time. How do you manage those things? Um, you know, I guess, you know, it, you know, it is, it is annoying and it is, you know, kind of, you know, tedious to have to, you know, do all these things outside of football. You know, football is what I like to do. Football is what I signed up for. But I, I also understand that, you know, meetings and interviews, you know, come along with the, with the success, um, and, you know, I usually, you know, the people around me do a great job of scheduling things for me. Um, but, you know, I really, you know, I could care less about any of it. I just like going out there, you know, preparing through the week and playing on Saturday. So that's kind of where my focus is. And, you know, if I miss an interview, or if I can't make an interview, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, because, I mean, like I said, just my only goal is to prepare the best I can and then play the best I can on Saturday, put the team in the best chance to win. Well, with that being said, I appreciate you coming on today. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want to annoy you. I just wanted to, for West Virginians to know more about uh, your success uh, this season, and it has been a tremendous. Season. What are the What are the uh, pro scouts telling you? What are you hearing from them? Um, you know, whenever whenever a pro scout's around, it's usually for a good reason. So, you know, you never hear any, you know, negatives at least in person to your face. Uh, so it's been all good things. You know, they, they like they like what I've been able to accomplish. They like my style of play. They like my, my skill set. Um, and it's really just been, you know, a confidence boost, you know, throughout the season and, you know, leading into, you know, draft prep and, and everything else, you know, once the season comes to an end. 
How's your younger brother doing at the uh, at the bull with the Bulldogs? He's killing it. They they won the first round of the playoffs on Friday. They play Saturday uh, at seven thirty, so I'll be able to you know watch that game. You know he's killing it. You know I have a you know I haven't been having an amazing time. Me and my father, especially just being able to watch him accomplish what he's been able to accomplish and be able to throw the ball around because you know at least at the high school level, not too many people get to you know, air it out like he's been able to this year. So it's been special to watch, and um, it's been very exciting for our family. Who's a better athlete? Uh, he's way better than me. No, he's not. Or at, no, he's at not. That, at that age, at that age he's, he's um, you know, he just has a better understanding of it all just because he's been able to hang out with me. <laughs> and I've kind of, you know, I've been able to, you know, reach new levels as I've as I've you know progressed throughout my career, and he's been able to just be around all those things at at such a young age, and being able to throw to guys that are, you know, faster and have a better understanding of what it takes to be a quarterback than I did at that age because I didn't have anybody that was kind of you know paving the way, you know, for myself so to speak. Tyson Bagent, uh, Shepherd University quarterback. They have a Division II playoff game Saturday, 1 o'clock. Rams Stadium, able to take on New Haven. Hey, Tyson, you've given uh, West Virginia football fans and regional fans there a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of fun. Keep it going for a few more games. How about that? Hey, that's, the, that's the goal. All right. That was Tyson Bajan on Metro News' talk line. Uh, as we've been able to digest the seven total teams that are in this region, Parker, I think it becomes interesting, and it's obviously clear that they're all good programs. That's why they're in the playoffs. But a stat that stood out the most to me is one that you can find over on our Panhandle News Network Twitter page, uh, and that is how good all of these teams are defensively. All seven teams are in the top 25 and fewest points allowed in the country. Ashland and Assumption are both seven. They average giving up just 14.4 points per game. Slippery Rock is 9, Shepard 14, New Haven, their first-round opponent, and Notre Dame tied at 17, 16.3 points per game. Ironically, the number one team in the region, IUP, gives up the most points, but it's still a very respectable 17.6 points per game. And all of these teams run the ball incredibly well. Are you starting to get a little bit more nervous as we look further into who the potential opponents could be in the region? Well, what I look at it is this. What we saw last weekend was really the defense for Shepard was not able to stop the run in the conditions that we're in. You could say, well, the weather didn't let Tyson and the passing offense do what they needed to do. The weather, the Rams weren't used to playing under the lights. So at the end of the day, I think what really lost the Rams that game was the inability to stop the run. And that falls on their defensive line. That falls on guys on the edge like Kyle Smith and Malik Holloway to seal that off, seal the edge. Guys on the inside like Journey Dunbar, guys on the inside to really clog those holes against the run. And really, now's the question to consider. Are the Rams, as their defense and their offense built for this playoff type of environment? It's just, you're going to be seeing teams that are going to want to run the ball, take the clock away from you, and play keep away you're going to see teams doing that and that's exactly what IUP did against Shepard they ran the ball effectively well they played keep away from the Rams didn't let Tyson get onto the field and it was a fantastic game plan all credit to IUP for that they came in with a absolute perfect game plan against Shepard and they ended up winning the game but the thing is they only won by three and Tyson almost brought them back that's how good of a team this is and I don't discount them to go make a back to a back-to-back run into the final four but it's really going to take them really adapting to the elements the defense stepping up to stop the run because that's a 
defense to built to stop the pass, I think. You got Dwayne Grantham and Emilio Pena. Both those guys are built like defensive backs playing linebacker. You're going to have to get sturdy up front, maybe feature some more guys on the front to stop the run. But And that's going to be – see, I think New Haven's a really good test for Shepard stopping the run too. They're running back. He's fantastic. He has over 1,000 yards rushing this season. This is going to be kind of a benchmark to see how well that Rams team is going to respond to what happened at IUP last weekend, I think. Well, Shepard takes on New Haven this Saturday. Our pregame coverage will begin at noon with kickoff at 1 p.m. Jordan Warner on the call and Parker Stone making his Shepard color debut. And in case you missed it, uh, it's because my duties will be drawn elsewhere. We've got our Panhandle Game of the Weeks coming up this weekend. Friday night, Musselman against Parkersburg South. And Saturday, Jefferson against Huntington. Those games you can hear here. Shepard, you hear over on 95.9 The Big Dog. But we'll take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Jefferson head football coach Craig Hunter. But first, this from the Metro News Anchor Desk. West Virginia Metro News, I'm Chris Lawrence. A change in leadership at the WVU Athletic Department. The university announced Monday it's parted ways with Athletic Director Shane Lyons and have turned Vice President of Strategic Initiatives Rob Alsop into the interim Athletic Director. Alsop says just because Lyons was let go does not necessarily mean Neil Brown will lose his job. I know that's on everybody's minds, but they are they are, they, they are not tied together from a fate perspective um, moving forward. That's Alsop speaking to the media in Morgantown Monday afternoon, WVU hoping to find a new athletic director in the next three to four weeks. Huntington City Council members are shutting down Premier Pub and Grill, declaring that bar a public nuisance. City Attorney Scott Dameron says this comes in the wake of recent shootings there, including one that turned deadly. After the incident at the bar, uh, two uh, men left the bar in a car and shot back at the bar and um, shots entered DP Doe, hitting, striking uh, the young man in the head. This incident was the last straw for this bar. Over the weekend, the bar posted on its Facebook page that it would be closing its doors. Two men are wanted in connection with a DEA-led investigation into a drug trafficking organization that has ties to the Bloods and Gangster Disciples Criminal Gangs. The U.S. Marshals Southern District of West Virginia cuffed task force searching for 27-year-old Taja Watson of Charleston and 23-year-old Elijah Fig of Huntington. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr. Sports is about overcoming obstacles, and college coaches work hard to help young men overcome Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's called Coach to Cure MD, and you can help. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online to coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501. Help coaches cure MD. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. Show us what you got. This is Chris Lawrence inviting you to send us a picture of your big buck, big fish, or even your little ones for the Hoodoo Sports Trophy Photo Contest. From now through the end of January, we're going to be posting those pics on the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com for the whole world to see. And everybody who submits goes into the monthly drawing for some cool prizes from Hoodoo Sports, including the grand prize, a Hoodoo Fishing Kayak. Submit your pic at the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com. And remember, if it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. U.S. Forest Service proposing a project that would clear-cut a number of mature old-growth trees along the Upper Cheat River. John Coleman lives in that area within the National Forest and says they want their water protected. We get our drinking water right off the forest. I mean, the National Forest is probably 50, 75 feet behind our house, and our spring is right there. And so really would like the forest to spend some time figuring out how to protect people's drinking water supplies. They held a rally on in Elkins Monday. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Chris Lawrence. 
Your kitchen is overdue for a redo, but sometimes getting started is the hardest part. Ask Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. As your local authorized Craftmade Vantage dealer, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths will help you discover what kind of kitchen or bath fits your style. Then they'll guide you through every step, including personalizing your design with the latest Craftmade Vantage style, color, and storage options. Visit Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg or learn more at mountaineerkitchensandbaths.com. Harvest home ownership this fall with DRB Homes. DRB Homes is the fifth largest private home builder in the U.S., committed to creating a positively life-changing impact on the lives of their home buyers. With over 20 communities in the four state, DRB Homes has the right location that you're searching for to call home. Now through November 30th, they're offering free finished lower levels in select communities. Contact Caitlin Alexander at 301-272-4739 for more information. Sales in West Virginia by DRB Group Realty LLC, broker for E. Newman. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, and I'm still mad at timeshare companies. For over a decade, I've been fighting to clean up the timeshare industry by getting folks out of bad timeshares. But after all those battles, I'm still asked, how do they sell timeshares for $25,000 when they're available online for only a dollar? Here's how they do it. They lie. They tell you timeshare's a great investment. You can go anywhere, anytime, or your maintenance fees will never go up. Everything they do to get you to sign is part of a well-planned trap. If you've ever been held hostage at a timeshare presentation and bought, Wesley Financial Group is here to help. To date, we've canceled timeshares for over 16,000 families. I guarantee you this. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free timeshare cancellation guide. 800-313-6688. That's 800-313-6688. 800-313-6688. Hey, it's Ronnie Brown. It's going to be a handoff to Ronnie Brown. He's got a hole through the middle. It's a step front to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Ram. And you listening to Panhandle Sports Live. That you are, Ronnie B. You are listening to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone alongside. We'll be checking in with Jordan Warner here in just a moment. You can hear Panhandle Live, top of the hour, live from Kakapin State Park, talking all things state legislature. But in the meantime, we're talking about high school football, equally as important, if you ask me. Uh, and we will bring Jordan Warner back into the discussion, of course, because he was with us yesterday when we caught up with Jefferson head football coach Craig Hunter. Let's listen back to that interview. Joining us on the line is Jefferson Cougars head football coach Craig Hunter. Coach, thank you for joining us today, and, well, congratulations on the playoffs. Thank you. Thank you. Feels good. So I'm sure it does feel good. So how's the uh, kind of prep been uh, so far? How's the guys feeling? Everybody healthy and uh, ready to go? I mean, everybody's pretty much healthy, I guess, as much as you could, as much as you could ask for. I mean, we had, um, you know, we don't really say a whole bunch about things because we don't ever want to give no excuses out. But, you know, last week we had um, had the flu running through the running through the school a little bit. So we had, there was days of practice. We did, we had, like, maybe only 20 kids at practice because of the flu. Um, so, uh, you know, getting through the game and, and changing up our actual practice plan last week and practice style, what we had to do last week and our travel plans and getting down to the hotel and then having – basically making sure we had position meetings, defensive and offensive meetings um, in the hotel to where we could actually make sure the kids totally 100% understood the game plan and went through it and watched film at the hotel. It was just, you know, something we did uh, added on uh, because of what we had to go through last week with the kids having the flu. But I think this week, you know, we're, we're also getting kids back that couldn't go uh, because of the flu um, that they had and everything that was going through. 
So um, hopefully, you know, we have a better week of practice this week to help prepare, prepare us for Huntington. Well, Coach, take us through that game against Spring Valley. It seemed as though you guys kind of jumped out to an early lead. It was great to see the long touchdown from Keyshawn Robinson. As he's well rewarded for his efforts this season. Heritage played well, a quality team that you beat, having to travel, what, five and a half hours down to Spring Valley. So, I mean, was that kind of the sense that you got from your club that you guys kind of just jumped out to that early commanding lead and uh, more or less dominated from start to finish? Well, I, I think um... – you know, it was good for us to be able to jump out on them because we knew what kind of team they were. Um, they're a ground and pound team. They really they, they they can throw the ball, but that's not what they really want to do. So uh, I always thought that if we could get a few stops, um, we saw some things in their defense that we could exploit, which was um, you know getting the ball to our our athletes out in space. I mean, that was the main thing: getting the ball to people like Keyshawn, Isaiah Fritz, Keyshawn Roper, you know Spencer, those guys out in space, and then breaking them down that way and then later on in the game being able to uh command and command the game with the run with evan at the end and using dylan a little bit in the running game at the end um i thought if we could do that which we were able to do then we'd have a, a good chance of winning the game and that's what happened uh, well, Coach, building off of that point, uh, the EPAC released its first and second team, and obviously Jefferson was well represented with guys on offense. Evan Toole, really from start to finish, has been one of the better rushers in the season, two of your receivers in Powell and Fritz. And I know Robinson wasn't on the first team, but obviously everybody's aware of what he, he's capable of. And Melib on the defense, I think we've really been impressed with what he's been, one of the best middle linebackers in all the panhandles. So do uh, you think it's fair to say that in the eyes of the EPAC, the talent that you have on both sides of the ball was – uh, pretty well represented in that poll, and of course, well on display last Saturday. Almost definitely, uh, you know. There, you know, yeah. Keyshawn wasn't a first team um, receiver on the ballot, but you know, um, I, I think Keyshawn kind of gets, you know, overshadowed by the two other big guys in the receiving core who do a lot of things for us. Um, and you know, Keyshawn was first team defensive guy on there, so you know, it, it makes a difference. But I think it was, I think. That was really, that really showed out, you know, knowing on defense, uh, running around, tackling everybody, uh, you know, the offense just doing what they do. As far as those guys, Evan being able to be the big physical uh, back that he is, uh, running the ball, um, and then, you know, getting the ball to the guys in space, like I said earlier. Uh, it just it just shows what the, what the Eastern Panhandle has, and it's good to see that three teams from the Eastern Panhandle are still moving on in the playoffs. And coach, you have one of the most prolific passing attacks all throughout the state of West Virginia. I wanted to highlight it, Evan Tool. You brought him up there a little bit. His final game of the regular season, he was able to break the Jefferson High School all-time career rushing record to 26-13 is what he got up to. So take me through what that moment was like to see Evan break that all-time career rushing record at Jefferson High School. Uh, you know, it, it was it was you know something special. Um, I, at first, I didn't know at the beginning of the game of the Washington game, I didn't realize it. I didn't know if he was going to break it or not the way the game was going. And then, you know, we were able to just get the running game going um, later on. And I didn't want him to press too much to get it. Uh, so, you know, we, even if he didn't get it in the regular season, there was still time that maybe a postseason game that he could actually get it. Uh, but uh, him getting it, it was very emotional at the end of the game, you know, for him to do that. Um, he's been He's been very good for us. Over the last, you know, he started, he's pretty much started the last three years for us. So he's been very good for us. Um, he, he came on strong his sophomore year and showed us that he deserved to be the starter. So he didn't even start the first two or three games his sophomore year. So he missed those first three games. 
a start. So he just spot played and he just gave us enough of flashes to show that, hey, we need to give this kid a shot. And then, you know, last year was um, the first 1,000-yard rusher I've had since I've been coaching here at Jefferson um, and Evan Tool. And then this year, you know, he's just been a stellar uh, back for us to be able to uh, pound the ball when we need to pound the ball, catch the ball off the back shore if we need it. Um, so he's, been, he's just been great for us. Coach, turning our attention now to Huntington, first of all, is this the most amount of time that you've spent in the uh, southwestern part of the state? I mean, Spring Valley and Huntington back-to-back. -back, you guys are putting some miles on the bus out there. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, you know, the fact of going to, going to Huntington and turning around and coming back to Huntington uh, doesn't, really, doesn't really feel good at all. Um, you know, uh, it's a long ride, um, long ride, you know, staying in a hotel room, just trying to make your kids seem like – it's nothing but home, uh, but, you know, it's tough. It's tough. So hopefully, you know, we'll be up again. We'll be up this week for the challenge to go down that road, you know, five and a half, six hours, and hopefully uh, pull off another major upset. Uh, well, obviously it's going to be similar in terms of travel, but certainly not in terms of opponent. Uh, Huntington plays a very different style. They've got a college quarterback. How much have you been able to look at the Highlanders uh, and the differences, of course, that they have as more of an air-based team uh, than Spring Valley you played last week? Well, you know, um, offensively, yes, they're, they're totally different. I mean, we're going to have to stop the quarterback. I mean, that's going to be the main thing is, is getting him caged and, and, and controlled and keeping him inside and being able to tackle him. You know, from what I've understood and watching him on film, he's he's probably a little he's, – he's strong. Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit faster and deceptive in speed than what you think he is. Uh, they got a nice little running back. Um, number five is a really good running back. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have our hands full defensively trying to get the stops that we need again. That was Jefferson head football coach Craig Hunter. A lot of interesting takeaways there. We'll be linking up with uh, Martinsburg head football coach Britt Sherman tomorrow and then later in the week, Musselman head football coach Brian Thomas uh, to try to get representation from all three EPAC teams that are still alive in the Class AAA playoffs. Uh, but Jefferson's kind of the darling of high school football right now. They upset Spring Valley, a perennial Spring Valley team as of late. Um, and I fully expect them to go out and give Huntington just as good of a game this Saturday. Yeah, I think so, too. Jefferson's been fantastic, and I alluded to it yesterday. We were talking midseason about a team who's could be making this kind of Cinderella run and upset a couple teams on the road, and Jefferson was that team in a lot of people's eyes. And it seems that they're doing the case. They take out Spring Valley, and really for Huntington, really – They've got an excellent quarterback, as we've talked about before. He's going to be playing his college football at Akron come when he graduates. And it's really going to be, if you can shut down that offense for Huntington, it could be a chance the Cougars could pull off a monumental upset and find themselves one game out from getting the super, getting to the Super 6 as a 10 seed, which would be a fantastic campaign for Craig Hunter and his team. And again, you go back to the start of this season, they started 1-2. and two. Yep. They they lost to Musselman. They lost to Sharando. That season could have been spiraling all sorts of ways. They could have snuck in and been bounced out in the first round. But credit to Coach Hunter, credit to that staff, credit to all those players for believing in that program, keep pushing forward, get to a 7-3 mark day in your season, and now you've got a chance to shock the world once again and knock off the number one, no, excuse me, the number two team in the playoffs. 
Well, Musselman's got a chance to knock off the number one team in the playoffs. On Friday night, they take on Parkersburg South. You can hear that game right here on the Panhandle News Network. And the same can be said for that aforementioned Jefferson and Huntington game, which you can also hear on the Panhandle News Network. 7.30, our coverage will begin at 7 o'clock, excuse me, on Friday, and then it'll begin at 1 o'clock on Saturday. One more thing really quickly before the break that you brought to my attention. We wondered how far that Shepard was going to tumble down that AFCA coaches poll, Parker, after losing to IUP, uh, and they are no longer a top-10 team in the eyes of Division II football coaches. They are not. They dropped to number 11 in the FCA poll that was released last last night around 10 o'clock. Top five is Grand Valley State, remains at number one. Angelo State at two, Oswata Baptist at number three, Pittsburgh State and Ferris State rounds out the top five. Shepard coming in at number 11. They are the highest ranked team in Super Region 1, though, in the eyes of the voters. IUP moves up to number 15 with that win over Shepard. Slippery Rock comes in at number 20, and then Notre Dame finds themselves into the rankings this go-around. They're tied for 24th, but they're slotted in at that 25th spot. So four teams from Super Region 1 get ranked in the AFCA Top 25. Shepard remains the top-ranked team, albeit they're no longer ranked in the Top 10. All right, there you have it. You can text the show again, 304-263-4321. One more break to take. We'll get to Parker's picks. We'll take a look back at that Monday Night Football game, get you set up for a little WVU hoops. Third time's the charm to be played tonight. Panhandle Sports Live brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths on WEPM and WCST. It's Ronnie Brown. It's a good block. Hurdles a defender. He's across the 10. The 5. Touchdown Rams. Ronnie Brown gets him back to within a score. And you listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Final segment of Panhandle Sports Live brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths and also by the ubiquitous touchdowns that Ronnie Brown has scored this season. Luke Wiggs, Parker Stone alongside Jordan Icewinder, Marsha Kavala come your way at the top of the hour from Cacapin State Park. They'll be talking all things state legislature. Uh, state politicians have convened in the Eastern Panhandle. We're happy to see that, and we're also happy to see another edition of Parker's Picks. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, sadly, we received the proverbial goose egg yesterday. Was not expecting the Commanders to play Spring Mills football and run the clock out on the Eagles to not let the Eagles have a chance. Well, the two times I thought Miles Sanders was going to get that lock touchdown, Jalen Hurts sneaked it in in the first quarter, and then they threw a pass and Goddard caught a one-yard touchdown for the other one. So, hate to see it. Jalen Hurts, of course, didn't get there because of cause the commander's taking most of the clock away. Then Texas Tech won, but Texas Tech was not able to cover that 14-point spread that we needed for last night. So let's get things back on the right track for today. Lock of the day for you, Stephen F. Austin, a team that uh, sadly West Virginia fans know well for knocking them out of the NCAA tournament. A Thomas Walkup. There you go. And uh, Stephen F. Austin, I have them beating Alcorn State today. That's my lock of the day. The, the spread was a little high for what I wanted it to be, so I'm going to go safe with you here. We're going to go money line tonight for Stephen F. Austin beating Alcorn State. Other picks I like as well. I got R.J. Barrett for the Knicks tonight. He's going to score under 20 points in that game against the Jazz. And here we go. This is a uh, underdog pick for you. Some action tonight. Give me Ball State over Ohio. And they got a running back by the name of Carson Steele, Luke. And he is a dog. He is fantastic. He's He's been all over the place for this Ball State team this season. He's not getting talked about as one of the better backs in football this year. And he's been fantastic for Ball State. So I got the spread is about at four points. 
I'm taking I'm taking Ball State to win this one tonight. I really like the Cardinals tonight. They've done well, and I think if you're going for a pick to get you an underdog in here, why not go to the MAC? Teams that are underdogs in the MAC have done very well so far this season. I'm going for Ball State tonight. All right, there you have it, Parker's picks. Uh, trying to bounce back, right? Had a little bit of a rough stretch over the weekend, but uh, trying to get some money back into people's pockets. There you go. Well, the weekend we did was pretty good. We've, okay, I take it we've back. Had a, we've had a rough run in November. I'll say that. November's been very up and down for Parker's picks, but the weekend we did good. We went six for six. Sadly, was not able to rebound on Monday, but that now is a better time than ever to get the record back. The overall record for 2022 since we started tracking, we were at lock of the days are at 46 and 16 for the year our bonus is a little over 10 wins to losses we're sitting at 64 and 54 on the year so far so we're looking good we're looking solid in this year for the month though we're trying to november's like i said it's been kind of a little little up and down for us we were eight and four for lock of the days for the month of november and then our bonuses we're trying to get that back up to 500 we're 9 and 13 on the bonus for the month of november but Hopefully we get things back together. Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and hopefully we'll be blessed with some good Parker's picks for Turkey Day. You know what we were blessed with yesterday? A little bit of left-hand up action. The Commanders! Oh, yeah. Washington breaks three. He steps up, throws underneath. Caught by Watkins, thrown to Smith. He's trying to throw it backwards. He's hit by Cam Curl. That is picked up by Casey Tuhill in the end zone. It's a defensive touchdown to end the game. An exclamation point to end an undefeated season of the Eagles. And that's the key. No longer are the Eagles undefeated after they fell to the Commanders yesterday. And that's a big win for Washington. That brings them to 500 on the year. And I know the NFC East has been clowned for year after year for being a terrible division. That might be the best division in football right now is the NFC East. The Giants are 7-2. and two. The Cowboys, granted they lost yesterday, they're still a very good team. The Eagles only dropped to 8-1 and one now. That's, that's a very good division. That is a fantastic division right now. And you could be seeing, and this is going to set up a really fun matchup, Thanksgiving is going to be Giants-Cowboys, and that might be for the number one wild card spot in the NFC. But looking... For next week's action for you, the Eagles, who are 8-1, and one, they'll be going to the 4-5-1 Colts in uh, number two game for the Jeff Saturday era in Indianapolis. New York gets Detroit next Sunday. Washington, they are going to be getting the Texans, which uh, less said the better about Houston right now. And then Dallas plays Minnesota, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game. I'm excited to see Dallas and Minnesota duke that one out. Minnesota, you could argue, is maybe the best team in football now after the things and events that went down this weekend. But the Cowboys sitting at six and three, you almost feel like that might be a must win for Dallas as we're getting into week eleven. If the Giants keep on winning, the Giants do not have a very hard schedule just because of how they finished last season. So they're gonna get bottom end teams, they're gonna get bottom feeders. When it comes down to the deep stretch of the season, I think right now. You could see a three-headed race between Dallas, New York, and Philadelphia for two out of those three spots in the NFC for the division and the wild card come down to it. All right, what else happened in sports yesterday? Cristiano Ronaldo, he wants out of Man United, but nobody else wants him. Looks like the NFL is exploring, potentially playing games in Spain and in France. Yaseo Puig got into some betting trouble. Anything particular with the Mountaineers play tonight? Moorhead State, uh, that game tips off at 7 p.m. The Mountaineers looking to start 3-0. and Anything that you wanted to highlight in particular? Um, apparently, there might be a quarterback change back in New Orleans. Saints coach Dennis Allen has been debating a change back to Jameis Winston from Andy Dalton, who started the last seven games. So that's a keep an eye out there for a struggling New Orleans team. And what's tough for New Orleans, if you're a Saints fan, 
the Eagles own the Saints' first-round pick this year. So if the Saints keep struggling, Philadelphia could finish as possibly the number one seed in the NFC and still get a top-five pick in the draft. That is, you know what, Howie Roseman, round of applause, my friend. Round of applause, Howie Roseman. Good, good on you for finessing the Saints like that. And they're such a weird team. Like they, You think they should just rebuild, but then they're trying to win now. It's such a weird team. And then lastly, Odell Beckham is suing Nike for, quote, preventing him from making millions. He released a statement out yesterday just from Nike doing some things to where he they didn't honor contracts and preached that they should hold companies like that accountable when holding contracts. So it'll be interesting to see how that situation comes into effect. And speaking of Odell, he's looking to be, he's going to be on an NFL team probably a little bit after Thanksgiving is what it's going to look like. He was been cleared for football activity. Probably he's going to wait till after Thanksgiving to sign for a team, but that'll be a huge boost for whoever gets Odell for their playoff push. Oh, also uh, Mark Davis said that Josh McDaniels will most likely be the Raiders coach next year. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. It is a brutal, brutal, brutal time to be a Raiders fan, but it's not a brutal time to be a Musselman Appleman fan, a Jefferson Cougars fan, Martinsburg Bulldogs fan. If you didn't hear it earlier in the show, our Panhandle Game of the Weeks this week will be Musselman going to Parkersburg South on Friday night. Myself and Kyle Wiggs will have the call here on the Panhandle News Network at uh, 7.30, and then we'll have Jefferson the next day against Huntington, also here on the Panhandle News Network. And then we've got that uh, elusive Shepherd playoff game Coming up this Saturday at 1 o'clock against New Haven, and I invite you to stay tuned. Top of the hour, Panhandle Sports Live, live from Cucapin State Park. That comes your way next. But for Parker, I've been Luke Wiggs, and this has been Panhandle Sports Live. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.